0: Welcome, everybody, to episode number. I don't know what number <laughs> uh, we're on, on Unspeakable Bliss. Today, my guest is a friend of mine here on the mountain, Caroline Hop. Gosh, I should really ask how to say, it, right? Hop. Okay. <laughs> how, do, how do I say your name before I introduce you? Um, and she is a, I pulled her biography off of her uh, website here. She's a coach a psychologist, an authentic tantra, tantrika teacher, a yoga teacher. She utilizes shadow work and trauma healing. And this is a translation from German to English. So bear with me. And one thing above all women, I support you in loving your body and living out your sexuality freely and authentically. My deepest belief is that every human being, this is her little message to, to those on her bio. My deepest belief is that Every human being deserves to experience a life full of pleasure and deep connection with themselves and others. For me, this includes, in particular, healing the relationship with one's own body and being able to live out one's own sexuality authentically. Welcome, <laughs> Caroline.
1: Thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much for having me. It's a yeah. blast. And I'm also happy you know, to
2: share myself and what I do in English because I've not been doing that so much since I'm from mm-hmm. Germany um and it's been requested also from um yeah various sources so I'm so I'm happy yeah. we're having this conversation today
0: including myself I've requested that
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that would be that'd be a fun little place to begin uh so I knew that Caroline did something around sexuality and something around Tantra and healing work but I I honestly wasn't really sure and so probably less than a week ago we were at chelsea a friend of ours mutual friend of ours birthday party and we were sitting there and i started asking you about what is what is tantra uh, and oh that's right we have a title for this podcast normally i don't title until after the title at least part of it is demystifying tantra and mm-hmm. uh yeah, so I, I actually I explained what what it means to me, and you were basically said you're like yeah that, that's exactly it, and I was Aw, awesome, cool, and that inspired me to want to talk to you here to uh, shed some light on on some of these things, at least in part. That's one thing I want to do in our conversation on shedding light on something that I think is a lot of times taken to be this like it's just about sexuality sort of thing Tantra is just about sex and well I, w- I won't say too much more about it I-, I wonder if you could uh yeah offer your perspective on that
1: yeah sure I'd love to um it's actually something
2: that is really dear to my heart and I feel like
0: mm-hmm. it's also
2: part of my mission the demystifying of it and teaching an authentic way even though i don't you know people always they ask me you know what is tantra Mm -hmm. and in the past i used to say i don't know (laughs) (laughs) what do i know what tantra is so i don't claim to have the knowledge or the wisdom to have
1: the definition of tantra that is correct for everyone on this planet but at the same time i feel it's really been growing in the consciousness and the um
2: popularity um over the last years at least in the bubble that i you know i tend to float around um i feel like it's getting bigger and bigger and people are really interested into tantra and usually what i get is you know when people hear tantra they think sex okay this has something to do with sex
1: uh-huh. um,
2: and of course there's a little bit of truth inside of it, otherwise, you know, these ideas wouldn't um wouldn't exist, but it's so much more than that. And it's for sure not just sex, right? Right. Um, right. because then it would just be sex and not tantra. <laughs> right. So we could just keep it as that. Yeah. Um so for me and how I learned it, which I think is. An authentic way from the Indian tradition because there's also different tantric traditions. There's the Tao uh. tradition, there's the Indian tradition. Um, it's a path that helps you to find yourself, basically. So it's about the revelation of the true self. So who are you? Like that really interesting question um, that some people might ask themselves if they're you know, interested in self-inquiry um, or understanding why they are on this planet and why they're doing the things they do. And Tantra really is a way um, of helping you understand that or uncover that. Anyway. So it gives you certain practices and ideas and tools
1: um, to, to access your real self,
0: mm-hmm. which is yeah.
1: love in the end, by the way. <laughs> um, so... That would be like a very short definition
0: yeah. of what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I want to actually recap what it was I was sharing with you uh, when we began talking about it. And uh, I love the way you began because ultimately my my <laughs> answer in any realm, especially since I do work as a facilitator or I find myself in that role often and work as a student, I find myself in that role often. But my uh my number one thing that I say is, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I don't actually know, but these are kind of ideas that I have and things that have yeah. you know, seemed to be helpful. But the ideas that um I was so surprised to come to find with Tantra was when one of my teachers, I read his background, uh, Rupert Spira, I had mentioned him too. Uh, he studied Kashmir Shaivism. Yeah. And then when I heard his explanation, that Tantra is, it's the uh, going into life, going into the feelings, whatever I'm feeling, going into like, even when I drink this water and every single moment, sort of in the way I think of it is in life, in the world, whereas the opposite or the other kind of approach is the... I'm none of these things to realize I am nothing but pure consciousness, or as you said, ultimately, to get to the same goal, which mm-hmm. is love, uh, mm-hmm. to to see oneself as an expression of that. So when I heard that explanation, I said, man, saying Tantra is sex would be like saying that, uh, that would be like pointing to one thing in the world and saying that's the whole world. It just, it just mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. So that kind of blew my mind open as to what this uh Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what it actually is
1: yeah yeah what i really love about it is that and i you know i i like to use the phrase
2: my truth is um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and usually my truth at this moment is because it also changes (laughs) and when i evolve so my truth might change in the next hour or in the next year you know
1: sure sure
2: for how I understand it and my truth about Tantra right now is that it's um it's not a dualistic path.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: meaning that in Tantra, everything is sacred and everything is God. So I am God, this couch is God, like this stick is God, my computer is God. So basically everything is is God because it's created by the manifestation and
1: there is nothing that the manifestation would create that is not perfect or whole in its existence. So
2: that's, I think that's what you just said, right? So it's this idea of, okay, I don't have to look for God or ultimate consciousness outside of myself. It's not separate from me. It's not something I, I need to reach. Um, it is actually inside of me and inside of everything that is around me that I can Perceive with my senses, and I just have forgotten. I just Mm. forgot. So I can use these practices and these tools to remember to come back to that. So it's not something outside of me. It's basically inside of me and inside of everything and everyone else. Which is some. Which is a perspective that I, that I love in a way, and that really resonates with how I see the world, and also just with I don't know with my soul and energetic level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it. I it blows my mind and my and my heart open but my mind specifically when it comes to when i look around in the world and i see suffering or even my own suffering if i'm going through a hard time and i go i guess i guess in some way it creates a little bit of a separation between myself and identifying with whatever kind of mental image that i have of myself or there's there's this is what I guess I could say. There's a a huge sense of awe and wonder as to how it's like, my mind doesn't want to accept that it's all God. Um, When there's some crazy stuff that's happening, then I'm like, no, there's no way that that's God. And then I can kind of in, in playing that out right there, I can, you know, do the meta thing where I look at myself and I'm like, well, look, look at yourself, Christopher, look at how you're, is that very, very godly? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I do. I do fundamentally, I agree with what you're saying. And there's a lot of, <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people in the world that even God, it appears, can appear to be in complete and total disagreement mm-hmm. with the message that you and I are talking about right here.
1: Of course. Yes.
2: <laughs> and, and you know, I think there's also the the other side of it where it could be very, I don't know, like the egoic mind or the ego could also pick up and I'm like, wow, I am God. I am the fucking embodied entitlement. So I can do whatever the fuck I want because I am, I am this godly creature. Right. And that's also, that's not the idea of it. Exactly. Um, And, and I think, I don't know if that is happening too much. So like when I say, okay, I am God, you know, I, I, I say it from time to time <laughs> and uh, sure, sure. and i mean it but i don't mean it in a way okay i am superior or i am better or i am i don't know it's just right. like if you know if everything and everyone is god we're all the same
3: <laughs>
2: right, so, right right yeah i think that's also important to mention uh,
0: well i think that's absolutely important to mention as well because there's a, this piece of humility that comes with that because it's what we're saying. If, if, if I understand what you're saying correctly, Caroline, correct me if this is not (laughs) what you're saying, but I, I'm understanding that it's something like I am that, but so is everything. There's nothing that is not that. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'll just speak for myself here. I don't have a memory of being the one that sat as God, before I created the world and said, I'm going to create the world and create it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I am that, but I'm a, I'm also a part of it. And I don't, I don't have a memory. Do you have a memory of, of being the one that created this whole thing?
3: No, (laughs) no. Right. Exactly.
0: exactly, Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, it's so fascinating about this recently, this has been recent in our, in the mountain community that, that Caroline and I both live on. I've been hearing uh, people say how damaging it is that people say to be claiming to be gods and goddesses in this kind of egoic and separate mm-hmm. way from everyone else but I I haven't actually seen it so you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I hear people talking about how that's not a good thing but in my my experience I haven't really been at a ceremony or something where I see someone like
3: mm-hmm.
0: proclaiming but that's just from my perspective, I guess. So it's it's interesting that I don't see that either, but I hear people talking about how that's not good. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah.
2: It, it requires a lot of humbleness for sure. Yeah. Um, and I
1: think, so this is, this is how I see Tantra and what I learned about it is that it's not an easy path because of this all,
2: like everything Tantra says, everything is sacred and, Everything that is in the manifestation is there to lead you to enlightenment or the revelation of the self or whatever you want to call it. So use it. So that's why it's also including sex and pleasure and money and power and all these things. It's like, okay, this is here. This is not here because it's bad, because there is not something that is inherently bad that, create, that is created by the manifestation. But You need to have a certain amount of discernment, discipline um, and humbleness
1: Mm -hmm. to
2: really work with these things and approach that. And I think that is what makes it challenging and difficult for a lot of people, because if you don't bring the discipline and this discernment, it's very easy to get lost in these pleasurable sensation and experience that you can have while Mm -hmm. being on a tantric path
0: right Mm -hmm. so
2: Mm. um if i if i just stay with the sexuality and that is actually also my truth why tantra has become so famous in the western world because it says yes to sexuality compared to other spiritual paths that are more like "Ah, better stay away that from that and you know just like very little because this is dangerous and there is some truth in it because it is da- it's is—it's not dangerous in its nature, but it's very easy to get lost in it if you're not having this, okay, what is, what is my intention behind it? And actually, if you want to live a tantric life, it's basically about becoming aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. So what is your intention? And are you offering the things you are doing to God, we call that consecration in Tantra. So <laughs> as long as I am aware of that and I am consecrating my actions, basically my whole life, my work, my my sexual encounters, my whatever I do, I think I'll be good because I have a very clear intention. But when mm-hmm. I'm getting lost in the pleasures and just focusing on that, that is where it gets dangerous and where this like everyone's God or goddess
0: can be abused sure yeah yeah i guess uh if you're playing with fire you can get burned yes (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about that how to
1: play with the fire
0: (laughs) uh, right i saw there's a sentence on your instagram something there's something about using the fire and that's what maybe uh
2: yeah, it says, right. if you want to live a life of fire, you cannot be afraid to burn.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. And that's
2: actually also, you know, it's very much my truth that tantra is the tantric path, like the real authentic tantric path, how I understand it, is not for everyone because mm-hmm. it requires this this discipline and also this practice, right? And And that also leads to, if you're really going down that road, all your shadows and all your shit and all these things are going to come up every once in a while. And that is uncomfortable. (laughs) It's not nice, you know? Um, I mean, at some point you can also start enjoying it and, and, you know, get better at it. But especially in the beginning, I find it is very challenging for a lot of people to actually face their own shit. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: if you go for a real tantric path and are not just about... Um, having sex with multiple people and calling it spirituality—that's what's going to happen, and you have to be ready and open for that. Otherwise, it's not going to work,
1: um, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be authentic Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, I guess I'm taking this in a little bit of a different direction, but I'm curious because I don't even know myself. Well, to some extent, I do because we've had one one kind of deep dive. Uh, connection before but how did you long or short short version you're welcome to share how did you wind up on a mountain in costa rica talking to me about about what you're talking about right now not exactly the point but you 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 get what i mean right you know how did how did these practices this these things come to be so uh key and important in your life
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like ever since I have been little, I've always been asking questions,
2: and I've always been questioning what's happening in the world. And there mm-hmm. were a lot of things that really made no sense to me. Also related to like suffering of a lot of people, people suffering from hunger, um, not having water to drink, and these things. I was like, well, wow, there's so many people with so much money. I, I don't really understand why, why why is this why is this even happening. And I feel this mindset um, has brought me to, to question basically everything that I learned growing up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, like 10, 11 years ago, I developed an eating disorder. So I had bulimia and I went to therapy. So I went into self-inquiry, basically, uh, learning uh-huh. about myself, learning about my, my family. And um, at some point, I also found spirituality. Um, and I found yoga Uh, and that was the first thing I guess that was like my entrance point into I would say other perspectives on how the world is functioning Mm -hmm. and uh, from there it was just you know my own my own evolution like yoga led to meditation led to vipassana and led to um, separating from a long-term partner finding a new partner getting my libido back and suddenly (laughs) Having very intense sex with someone, um, I was like, wow, what the what did I do like before that, you know, and then discovering, oh, this has some this is actually tantric in a way without me even framing it like that on that this is like tantric, and and then I somehow, you know, I just I was just hooked up and I was interested and I started reading books and stuff, and um, interestingly enough, like looking back on it. Like the sexual path or the sexual side of myself has been very important for me already when I was 15, um, mm-hmm. much more than compared to, you know, my friends at that time. And I always said, because I'm a psychologist and I always said, you know, I'm going to be a sex therapist at some point. I'm going to be a sex therapist. And I somehow I lost track of that during my studies and bulimia and all these things. But I feel like through Tantra, I came back to that from a more holistic perspective, mm-hmm. um, and it's still, even though, you know, I teach all the aspects of Tantra, I find that the part about sexuality is actually a really important one, because I feel that's the one that where most of the abuse is happening in our world. So I feel like mm, the education around that topic is really, really important, um, at least for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's. That's kind of how I got into it, and how I came to this mountain is just you know one thing came to the other. I never really wanted to live in Germany, and mm-hmm. now I'm here,
0: <laughs> well, I want to ask you about uh, addiction because mm-hmm. what I can see it seems to be pretty pretty bad the number at least the numbers and the statistics that I see. Yeah worldwide and I think a a really good majority of people have in some way or another dealt with addiction I know even even myself after doing a Vipassana retreat I I said I'm like okay I'm addicted to thinking because I can't stop it it's not helping me and Mm -hmm. Mm so I'm curious what uh, was there a moment what did it have to do with some of the spiritual work you were getting into what was the healing process like out of bulimia because that's not you know this is that's a pretty I mean I know all addiction is is serious, but
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, bulimia is it can be quite quite a challenging one to uh, mm-hmm. heal
1: well, for me, um, it was actually the healing
2: of the relationship with my body, mm-hmm. so um, I totally feel you when you talk about a lot of thinking and the mind because that's also something that's very familiar to me and especially then you know studying psychology and at the same time going to therapy was like the mind (laughs) 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 like you can't imagine you You know and in five years (laughs) in five years of doing therapy there was not one session where we were talking about my body how my body's feeling, what I had been doing to my body, because I had literally been abusing it for years, you know, mm. with that eating disorder, but that was never a topic, you know? And, and at some point I was like, you know, I was, I was healing, you know, my symptoms got better. It got less, but it wouldn't go away completely. And I was like, what, what is this? You know, they need, I, I need, I need help. I need, I need something else. This is not yeah. working in a way. Yeah and um and so i was just basically very desperately looking online for ideas and um for me it actually started with becoming a vegan and mm. and that helped me get rid of my symptoms and i think it's not necess- i'm not vegan anymore but i was a very strict vegan for like around about 2 years and i think it brought the consciousness of my actions into my system into my reality which I did not have before. So it's like, okay, why am I choosing to eat this? What am I, you know, what am I putting in, inside my body? Mm-hmm. And that shifted something because that, that was the first time I really actually considered my body as a being I have a relationship to. And And from that From that on, you know, then with the yoga, I started, you know, to actually feel my body, feel pain in my body, starting to feel my emotions, um, not from a mind perspective, because I, you know, I had a lot of emotions that, you know, is why I was binging and purging in the end, because I was overwhelmed by the intensity and the amount of my emotions, and I couldn't handle them. And, And then it's somehow I just, I was just like, oh, wow, okay. I feel this in this particular part of my body. And what if I just allow that? What's happening then? And then I start crying, for example. And then it's actually a release. Whereas before that, I used to cry a lot, but it was more this kind of like, even bringing more tension into my body. You know, it was not releasing anything. It was just a cry of frustration, basically. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that was really the the shifting point like coming back to the body and mm-hmm. to the messages the body has for me
0: mhm mhm wow yeah this uh it, it reminds me of well, the whole topic of what we're talking about with tantra and and including the fit, the form instead of from from my Study and look into different spiritual practices. It feels like there can sometimes be a denial of of the flesh, a denial of the world, a denial mm-hmm. denial, suppression, et cetera, et cetera. And who knows? Maybe maybe it's those things on a collective level that that results in people individually having addictions with certain things because what what's going around when we look around at at people that are influencing our upbringing it's just kind of connecting that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I
2: Instead
0: think, of, you know, yeah, the
2: root, like what lies behind all addiction
1: is, um, is actually a longing for being whole. And mm-hmm. f- because, I
2: mean, what are people doing that have an addiction? They're trying to fill something like an emptiness inside of them. And I think the way out of the addiction is actually just, to go into that emptiness, become that emptiness, feel it. And then you move through it because there is nothing externally that will ever fill that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, And even if you're not like a full on addict with whatever substance or whatever it is that you're addicted to, I think almost everyone on the planet does it, you know, in, in some amount. And I, you know, I, I do it. At some point, like sometimes when I feel like empty and I don't want to go into that feeling, I don't want to feel it. I'll, you know, I don't know, watch something on Netflix or call someone or I don't know, it's it's very human also in a way. And I think it's about the consciousness, the awareness about that. And then also finding moderation and balance with that. So not losing yourself and never going into those places that feel challenging. And actually start to feel and yeah connect back with
1: with the body and the sensations in the body
0: mm-hmm. yeah i've uh myself had experiences but have worked with lots of people whether it's grief or just some really challenging emotion and there's words like oh a profound emptiness uh void numbness yeah and- yeah so sometimes well i would just say this as a first step i i if it feels appropriate it's not it's like this every single time but if it feels appropriate i'll make an invitation to just be with that at, mm-hmm. as it is without 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 the idea that we need to be with this emptiness so that it goes away
3: yeah. right you know
0: like like uh, i'm not doing it i'm doing it as a practice with them just to bring, to to try and inspire a neutrality, this kind of neutrality and curiosity. If if we're if we're fortunate to be curious, to be like, well, what is, what is this thing that we're calling
1: yes. anxiety
0: or depression, or what what really? Because it's in another way, it's the opposite of the self inquiry. If I'm like, who am I? What am I? So, okay, there's this emotion that I'm feeling. Maybe it's in my chest or my my throat or whatever. Let's just be with it. Let's just see yeah. what it is. And then I, I would say, at, at least from my experience, at least 70% of the time, there does happen to be a dissolving or release of some kind or a, a letting go. And I think it's got something to do with not running away from it, just being with it, and also questioning what it actually is. Because that's the thing that I, I say often is it's not what we think it is. What we mm-hmm. think it is, is this image that we're afraid of, mm-hmm. or that we have to ignore and go watch Netflix or whatever it is. But it, there, there in some cases, could be a profound wholeness to to the point that you said the point of um, or what, what the solution in a way to addiction is. It's it's to feel whole.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Mm. Would you be open to a little experiment? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a, because uh, I, I almost did it with what I said, but I, I want to I see if, if you can offer us something. Is there some kind of uh, a brief practice that you could right now lead us through and lead the listeners through as far as, what, what, t- I guess Tantra, yeah, I suppose Tantra or, or whatever's present to you. There's some other kind of practice you would want to lead.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is basically what you just said. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Like what you just explained. Do you want to go into that? Shall we do that for a moment? Or
0: if, um, yeah, if you want to. Yeah, um, of
2: course.
3: Okay.
0: Well, I think it could so be was- val- valuable for the mm-hmm. listener. As long as they're not driving, I think we could, we could just say that. Don't do this and drive, please.
2: Yeah, don't do this when you're driving. Okay, I'll I'll just guide you through, and you know everyone that's listening can just join. Okay, so uh, I invite you to close your eyes if it feels safe and comfortable, and take a comfortable seat, and then to start with, just have three clearing breaths in
1: through the nose and out through the mouth. Two more times, deep inhale. You can exhale with sound <sighs> if you want. And then one more time, deep inhale. Sigh it out.
3: <sighs> and then just returning to natural breath. Going inward with the attention going into
1: the body. And maybe to start with just becoming aware.
3: of your sit bones being connected to a chair.
1: Becoming aware of the connection between your skin and your clothing.
3: And then just becoming aware of every sensation in the body. What
1: sensations are present, are alive in this moment. And it could be anything, could be just a feeling of being cold,
3: could be pain, could be tingling, could be pressure, could be anything. Becoming aware of this sensation as well as of the location of that sensation in the body. So, where is it located? where can you experience it the most and then what whatever it is that you are
1: experiencing Can you just allow it? Can you not put a label on it? Good or bad, comfortable, uncomfortable.
3: Can you just let it be the way it is? Without judgment,
1: And also without the desire to change it or contain it. So basically, no attachment to what's alive in you right now. Just the pure acceptance
3: of it. Allowing it. Simply feeling it.
1: And if you want to go a little bit deeper into this, I invite you to take that one thing that one sensation that is the most present right now. Located in your body, feel into that body part, feel that sensation. And then from there, let it expand. Let it expand into your whole body. So from whatever is there and wherever it is in your body, let it become bigger. Give that sensation the permission
3: to expand, to take over basically and surrender into it. And you can even extend
1: it beyond the physical body, more into your energetic bodies around the physical body.
3: And just allow it.
1: Just feel it. There's really nothing to do except feeling what's going on, what's alive.
3: And I invite you to just be very
1: aware if the quality of what you're experiencing, what you're feeling is changing naturally through this process
3: of simply allowing it and how that quality is changing.
2: And from here, I'm going to invite you to take another deep breath. And with the exhale, I invite you to give whatever it is that is alive in you right now, which could be completely different from two minutes ago, to give that an authentic expression
1: through breath, sound, and movement. So deep inhale. Exhale, find your expression. (sighs) and then just and then just continue with that as long as you feel
2: complete if there's like more impulses coming from the body for more movement or sound just allow that to to happen
3: until you feel complete
0: <laughs> hey.
3: <laughs> welcome back.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, you're so welcome. It's a very simple, it's it's so simple, basically. It's just allowing the feelings. Yeah. And usually what happens when I guide people through that process is, you, you know, I have them also um like tell me what's going on. And yeah. so I just guide them through it. And and naturally, if we allow the feelings that come up to just be they will change i don't know mm-hmm. maybe you you have experienced that as well in what you were going through but it's just like okay if i feel a pressure here and then i allow the pressure to extend and really go into it the pressure might evolve into sadness or into anger mm-hmm. or into frustration so it's just this
0: mm-hmm.
2: natural mm, alchemy basically that's happening if 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 we allow what's there to actually be felt
3: yeah yeah when I do
0: things like this I'm normally I go through it sort of quicker so having mm-hmm. you guide me through it was a very sweet reminder to mm-hmm. slow down <laughs> I do this
2: with people for like 60 to 90 minutes so oh we're
0: wow just, we're just wow. doing
2: that yeah wow. hmm mm-hmm. yeah it's um, it's very, it's a very releasing process. Um, it can also be intense, but,
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'm happy to share with you a little bit about what my experience was like. Just please, just then. One of the, f- well, the first thing I became aware of was this sensation in my throat, which I'm no stranger to this sensation in my throat, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But the second thing that I became aware of. Is how hot my body is physically. Physically, I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm. I got enough confidence too. I'm <laughs> as well, let's be honest. <laughs> I said that.
2: Gods and oh. flesh.
0: <laughs> right. That's right. Um. Anyway, yeah, just like, and I actually touch my lower back. I'm like, oh, I'm sweating, and then i said, It's noon. I'm in Costa Rica, but I almost. It's. It's just so funny to bring attention to that because before we Mm -hmm. began I didn't realize how hot my body was Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I'm like like, damn I'm really freaking hot is it because we're doing this until my body's actually heating up or was I this hot and I just was so in the zone with the conversation that I'm having that I'm I'm like no time to feel that I'm hot
3: (laughs) (laughs) something
0: like that oh goodness (laughs) so that was that was cool it was hot and it was cool at the same time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the other this this throat thing caroline i i have a whole story i have a whole kind of trauma healing narrative around this sensation that arises in my throat and i'm mm-hmm. saying that it's a story because ultimately when i'm with it i don't know i don't know what this this is mm-hmm. i have it's a mystery like it's this mysterious it feels like i'm being choked from one perspective but it also feels like it's the I'll just tell you about other really profound experiences I've had with this where it feels like I want to say something but I don't know what to say like I'm I'm incapable of speaking I used to have a lisp so I have all these again all these like narratives and stories around what it means that I have a ball in my throat but through really incredible experiences similar to this one which this was reminding me of it's also my power. It's also, it's like mm-hmm. the sensation doesn't change, but my entire relationship to it, it's, it's as though that the music that Christopher is here to play and to bring into earth is anchored by this, this feeling. And it's going to be there until I've, I've shared my message and I've I've done the work that I come to do. So it's actually something that I was fearing and had all this, all these. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to call it other than fear around and then when I look at it from a different perspective, I go, oh my God, it's actually an incredible amount of love. It's an mm-hmm. incredible amount of love that I have for, for you, for the world, for myself, for everyone. And it's coming from this place of desiring to, to bring the best forth out of me. And
1: mm. so,
0: yeah, that, it reminded me of that in a very sweet mm. way.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not what I think it is. That's that's the point.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: I feel like you know we we give meaning to things. You know, if I if I wanted something to mean something, I put that meaning, and in the yeah. end, it's just because I have a feeling, um, and and I I want this to mean that because that's what I want, right?
1: Right. right. So, um, if it is your truth, if it is true for you, it's true for you because. You give that meaning to it.
3: (laughs) Mm Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sad or I I don't really know where to go from here. (laughs) After having that experience, (laughs) I'm just more like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Chilled out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know? How is your body feeling? You're still hot?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm still quite, quite warm, but
0: it's strange. I'm gonna have to keep more of an eye on this because I have this again a story that I'm sitting here in the shade, and so I shouldn't be this hot. But I'm like, am my lower back is sweating, and I'm I'm not I'm not so like I'm. I get a little nervous from time to time. That's got everything to do with that throat thing. But I'm not. It's not. I know it's not coming from nervousness because of mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. conversation. So. I oh. mean
2: you also have a lot of muscles and muscles create heat so maybe you're just
0: right true you're know. just anabolic <laughs> burn it up burn it up <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> mm. well um are you
2: open for me to ask you a question
0: absolutely please that's what, again like I shared with you before oh. I enjoy our conversation to be mm-hmm. one that's like a dialogue where yeah any anything goes so please
2: yeah i was just wondering you know other than what we talked about you know what tantra is for you what tantra is for me like do you have any like practical experience with tantra like in any tantric teachings or containers or i don't know t- even temple nights or whatsoever i would be curious the, to know about that
0: yeah yeah no there was a temple night that was happening here on the mountain last year before before Zodkan. i went um uh, and did our little united states and europe tour but we didn't go we didn't it didn't feel like we weren't feeling both that yes let's go and have that experience now i have had experiences on my own with with slodka uh practices with with clients but i it's it's pretty much exclusively in that way that you just did that exercise
3: Mm
0: -hmm. what i'm saying so outside of that There's, I don't know that I could say I've had any. I don't, I guess I don't know exactly what experiences you're asking about. I don't know either. (laughs) Well, yeah. So outside of the kind of thing that we did, and then again, some practices from the Magdalene manuscripts um, that Slodka and I have done together with each other. Mm-hmm. other than that, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, um, again, like I said, I don't know exactly what, what it is you're asking about, so I don't know how to answer the the question. exactly. Yeah,
2: I, I guess, I guess I was just curious, you know, curious about experiences that also have to do with the practice of conscious sexuality, um, because I have kind of an ambivalent relationship to that myself, so I've, I've, you know, over the last years, going through various trainings. I have been in different temple night settings and settings where, you know, there was facilitated um, conscious sexuality practices happening. And yeah. um, and I've also facilitated temples myself. Um, and it's just something, it can be very beautiful if it is really sacred, but yeah. in this scene of, I don't know how to call it, like conscious sexuality or sex positivity. I have come to find there is a there, there is this tendency to call something a tantric temple night or a tantric sexuality event. And in the end, it's just a sex party or a play party because yeah. there is no intentionality. There is no sacredness it's basically just okay you know we want to have fun <laughs> and uh have a justification for it so we don't have to feel bad for it it's 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 something i like i mean of course this is my my judgment about it um and it's just something where i feel this is really misleading for people not finding an authentic tantric path and also contributing to that feeling of okay well um tantra is just having sex with incense on
1: so um yeah i think that was why i was curious
0: that's tantra i've done that (laughs) just kidding Uh, i mean no i really have but i understand that that's not not really tantra um well it's right it's up to each person with what their truth is and yeah i I can see what where this gets into kind of that uh conversation of what is sacred to someone and I agree with you I think that I've never like I said I've never actually been to a, a gathering in this way that you've shared about but it's like call a spade a spade if it's because I think that it probably could be damaging to people like if someone went through some kind of trauma and they thought they were going to some let, let's say they did have access to I don't know, some podcasts that you've done and they've read some books and they have this idea that Tantra is this sacred, there's, there's an intention, there's uh clear boundaries. I think boundaries have something to do with it. It's not a sex party or a play party. And then they go to one of these things and it ends up being that because so much sexual abuse and, and things like that has to do with the secrecy, the trickery, the deception, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think you have a I think that's a really important thing that you're you're pointing to for sure.
2: Yeah. And even you know, even if it's a sex party or a play party, if it's a proper properly facilitated event that also has some teaching about boundaries.
0: Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. In my
2: world, I'm like
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. If that's yeah. not
2: happening, please leave.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, At, like yeah, addendum to what I was just saying. I think those things have a place for all of it. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here saying that sex parties are bad and they're whatever. Oh, no. But yes, all all of these things have to be, uh, or, or ought to be, I guess, uh, really, really made clear for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. For sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Whether it's yeah. a sex party or a, a Tantra temple night.
3: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: How many of those temple nights did you have you hosted or facilitated? Um, Just curious.
2: Not too much because I have this ambivalent relationship with it. Um, okay. when I moved to Costa Rica, actually beginning of last year, I did um, three events in in Nosara in that area. Um, and. Oh, maybe a little bit more. Um I did, yeah, maybe four. Um and then, you know, in my retreats, I, I do seven day retreats. And yeah. um at some point we also like we have temple every night, but that doesn't necessarily mean um that we have a sex party. Basically we never have a sex party. But I for me a temple is um is a ritual space. So basically, when I say we have temple night, I'm opening um, the container for a ritual to have to happen with intentionality. And um, that might include some sexual practices, but usually everything, you know, everything is optional. So I would never facilitate someone having a sexual interaction with somebody else. You know, uh-huh. because I never, you know, who am I to uh, say, okay, you have to partner up with that person and you have to do this, you know, that that's for me, that's, that's a very, very high limit that I would never do. Um, So it's really, it's really, you know, somehow also self-facilitated space. If we go into this kind of, okay, let's explore pleasure, touch, and these things in a conscious, in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it really it's really important to have some trauma work and shadow work before that, because yeah. entering a space where people openly practice their sexuality is very beautiful, actually. It's like my first ever temple night I attended after that. I was like, wow, sexuality yeah. is actually so innocent. And all of this is beautiful, like all of the experiences different expressions that people find for themselves to authentically live their sexuality is actually innocent and beautiful. And we humans, we put so much shame and taboo around it. Wow, why, why are we even doing that? So it has a really, really big healing um, component in it, but it is also, of course, triggering you know, sure. because most people are not used to it. And then also, you know, if you have an attraction to someone and that someone is hooking up with somebody else and like, da-da-da-da-da, like all your stories, basically your shadow stories are coming to the surface and running. So um, it needs to be very well prepared, I feel.
0: Yeah. So is there a screening process of some kind or a interview, like a conversation or an application yeah. that people fill out to?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have not just facilitated temple nights, but if I would do so, I would have a screening for everyone in the beginning to see if they are ready to enter the space I want to create. And that's also what we did um, in like a year ago when I was facilitating. So we had we had like three different stages. We had like introduction temple for like complete beginners and we had like temple where we're like, okay, you have to at least have to have this kind of experience. Otherwise, you cannot participate in this um Mm -hmm. because of course you know the more experienced you are and the more comfortable you feel the easier it is for you to express and if there's a lot of people that are very uncomfortable with your full expression you know it kind of Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: yeah changes the energy um mm -hmm.
0: how do you talk to your family about this (laughs) or do you yeah I'm, i'm curious if like Well, you're you're not hiding anything. It's all you know.
2: No. Well, to be honest, you know, in the beginning, I mean, I I'm really also I'm a taboo breaker, and I also, I mean, I'm not polarizing all the time, but I did a lot. So, for example, I also, I worked a lot with my menstrual blood in the past. You know, I painted with it. I put it on my body. I posted pictures of it. I actually I drink it. So, and I I talk about it very openly. And, um, it's just, I don't also through my trauma understanding, I realized, okay, I'm just going to be who I am authentically. And if people don't resonate with that and they don't understand and they can't hold it, Mm -hmm. that's okay. And then they're not my people. And in a way, of course, this is like (laughs) hard to say for my family. And interestingly, my mother, she follows me on Instagram. Um, so she... (laughs) she's watching all my stories and you know I feel like I think three years ago there was a moment I was like you know I was asking I was like how is that for you you know just to you know, see what I'm talking about she was just like well I don't really understand any of the things that you are doing and why you're doing it but seems like it makes you happy so I'm okay with it and I was just like okay cool fine you know she she doesn't need to understand in yeah. in depth and if she asks me or if she's interested i I have nothing to hide, so mm-hmm. I'll tell her very openly, <laughs> and the rest of my family, I actually have no idea what they're thinking they're all following me on social media.
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: oh so. boy you could do a you could do a poll on Instagram if you're my family, what do you think i <laughs> what's your opinion on me? How do you feel?
2: Do that make uh, you feel
3: uncomfortable?
0: <laughs> is this poll uncomfortable for you? <laughs> <laughs> is this an awkward yeah. survey. Uh, yeah. But I think what you said about your mom is really that's that's how I feel about my parents too. They might not like when I tried to explain to my parents the night before I went on a heroic dose journey with mushrooms. Like they were just basically. I mean, they were supportive, but they really didn't want me to do that. And I re- I mean, that was a learning experience for me of like, OK, maybe I don't I don't I don't need them to understand. <laughs> I don't need them to understand me. And uh, even though, though. Even it sounds like your mom, too, they don't they might not understand, but they still have a love and there's still a connection there. And That's what I that that feels like real soul and uh, yeah. real family to me. So it's sweet that you have that. And that I have that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And what about, I know uh, we connected a little bit in the car on the ride up on this, but I wanted to ask you where are you at now, as far as different offerings that you have or, or things that you're thinking about putting together right now. hmm
2: yeah, so basically, I'm I'm really focusing on in-person events at the moment. So um, for everyone that's English-speaking, I have a um, retreat in July in uh, Portugal. That's going to be in English. It's um, it's a seven-day container. It's called Rising in Love. It's um, it's basically a journey through the chakra. So it's a tantric experience. We start at the bottom and we go up each day. And, um, it's, yeah, it's an initiation into your true self and into, um, various tantric practices, uh, that I, that I teach. And, uh, it's, it's my most, like, I'm so excited about this retreat. Like I did it last year and it was just like the most epic thing ever, at least for me. And, you know, I had like, it's, it's just, I just love this, you know, people come in on the first day and I, you know, I see them and I see what they bring and, how they are. And then seven days later, they go out of the retreat and there's a completely different person and, um, usually like so much more bliss and happiness. And, you know, it's really, I, I love, I love this. And I also love the group, you know, the work with the group, because everyone is in the, in the group has signed up for this exact experience and everyone is serving everyone, you know, in triggering or in supporting or inspiring. And, and that's just like the most incredible tool for me, you know, just being in a group and moving through this process uh, together. So I love that. <laughs> so that's going to happen in July in Portugal in an incredible retreat venue that I also love so much in the south of Portugal. And um, other than that, I I don't have any offerings in English other than one-on-one work. Um, and I won't also be doing any online workshops. So if you want to do one-on-one with me, you can reach out to me and, uh, and do that. And um, I'm still in the process of figuring out if I want to offer tantric things in Costa Rica. Um, a lot of people have been asking me and kind of requesting it. So I feel like there's a certain pull, but I also feel... I still feel a little bit hesitant because of the intensity of the work that mm-hmm. I do. And um I don't know if I want to mess with my community. <laughs> in a way, you know what I mean? So um
0: Yeah, if there's a if
2: there's a way to get that my process.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. Because it's powerful and yeah, it may or may not be something that you feel into a way that could really be bringing it in that feels like it's a part yes for you and for for everyone else i could i could see that uh, it's when you were talking very
2: new experience for me because i've never yeah. you know lived somewhere where i would also i mean except teaching yoga classes but that's different you know where i would facilitate these kinds of events yeah. and people that are you know my friends and you know i see every day come to my events you know i usually have people come to my events and of course we're kind of having a good relationship and our friends but they're not my neighbors but I don't see them every other day at Ecstatic Dance or the market or so. So this is just like, it's new for me. And I'm like, okay, will this work? How will this work? So I'm still figuring that out.
3: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah.
0: When you brought up, when you are talking about your retreat, which sounds incredible, the first thing I thought of uh, was the Drake song because it. you said you start the first chakra and then all the way up. And I thought how funny it would be if you played the Drake thought song at the end of the retreat. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, obviously, we're probably gonna do that.
2: I'm gonna remember that and um, do that in uh, in July.
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna
2: give credits to you. <laughs>
0: all right. Okay. And I'll uh, your your retreat and your Instagram. I'll put it in the the notes to to our okay. conversation. but. Uh we still got a little bit of time left. Is there is there anything else on your heart that you feel called to speak to, to share in the moment?
1: Yeah, I feel
2: like I just want to I just want to say everyone who listens to this, even if it's not with me, if you if you really desire and dare to live a life of full potential and happiness and fulfillment, try a tantric way. Like try an authentic tantric way. Um, and and go for it and if you if you dare to go deep into yourself and burn stand in the fire and burn off all that fucking shadows and you know all the layers that are like around your true self it's so worth it like I would never I I wouldn't change any. I mean I have no regrets anyway but I wouldn't change anything like this way of living and this practices and the tantric path it's really one of the most incredible things that I discovered that really just up-leveled my quality of life and the way I experience, I experience the world. And um, yeah, there's just, I mean, there's sometimes also a lot of intensity that is uncomfortable and more on the spectrum of like, you know, oh, this is challenging. But at the same time, I also get that intensity in the things i love and in pleasure you know it's just expanded to ways i would have never imagined being possible so i just want to encourage anyone who hears this like go for it it's worth it it's epic and yeah mm. um it's basically it's it's being alive you know like it's for me this is like i'm really alive i am living i'm not just um, on autopilot like running around not being aware of what's going on I'm really alive and I th- I really believe this is what we are here for and why we got this like incredible body to experience all of it with awareness and yeah just just mm-hmm. go for it and um and and there's so much more to say you know about Tantra I mean if we talk about the I mean in the end it's also about energy and Learning how to contain and control your energy, especially also your sexual energy, uh, which is life force energy. So it's the most potent thing you you can actually cultivate as a human being and using that, you know, for your sexual pleasure, but also for creativity, for longevity, for like, it's just, yeah, it's just so, it's so fascinating. And um, yeah, so... I think that that was important.
0: <laughs> I want to ask you a question about this too. I thought of yes. it as you were wearing. Have you encountered someone where they they want to explore this but because of some kind of religious some some identification with with one of their religions that it that seems to be like a block to them because I guess I'm just imagining That someone, among other things, but particularly maybe a more common one would be someone feels like, oh, I want to do this. I want to have this experience. But maybe their religious beliefs or thoughts seem to conflict with their desire to engage in something like this. Does that make sense?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. I personally haven't, haven't encountered anyone with that problem (laughs) or with that conflict with that inner conflict um i feel probably people that feel very religious in whatever way just don't feel very drawn to to that path um but i i i can assume how it you know i can see how it might be an inner conflict um Mm -hmm. of of going of going that way and um yeah, my truth, you know, if it comes back to sexuality and sexual energy, it's really the suppression of it because because we all have it, right? So we're basically, we're animals. So we have the instinct to procreate and we have sexual desire and we all have it. So to suppress it is actually the worst thing you can do because that is going to cause, you know, a lot of harm in your own system and therefore also with the world you're engaging with you know in various ways and um <clears throat> i think it's a really really big issue when it comes to you know sexual abuse rape uh, even just aggression you know um or if we if we look at you know work work situations where there's sexism where there's objectification of of women of the of the feminine body and all these things for me that is so much related to um unfulfilled sexual desire and repressed sexual energy um so i also truly believe there's so much healing potential in that if we get to yeah get a consciousness Uh, into this field for many many people being more conscious about that energy and also how to use it you know like teach them how to use it
0: it seems like your background with psychology and trauma integration is what really supports Mm -hmm. the way to work with sexuality and to liberate or to to help that come into to wholeness and and yeah i imagine that it requires you to be very discerning when you're working with these sorts of things as well
1: yes yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and also for women you know it's just like
2: (laughs) there's so much pleasure a a woman can experience um in her body in her sexuality and so many women Are not connected to that because they have experienced some sort of abuse, like sexually, emotionally, whatever, um, and they're just disconnected from their bodies, and they they like so many women cannot orgasm, like they just can't, you know, um, or they can only have clit orgasms, which is Mm. you know, a nice thing to have, but there is so much more in terms of that that you know I feel is very exciting to explore. um for me and i hope for a lot of women out there um because i also feel that you know the suppression of the of the female sexuality especially um is also causing a lot of harm in our society because women that are disconnected from their body and from their sexuality
1: are essentially disconnected from their inherent wisdom and power mm-hmm. so yeah
0: I want to talk about orgasms.
1: Yes, I love talking about orgasms. One of my favorite topics.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So I got I got case study for you. Me, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> love it.
0: I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go right in and, and share this. So I've heard, especially in the in the realm of tantra, men saying that they have, and maybe elsewhere. Uh, as well, have an orgasm without ejaculating, without, mm-hmm. and and to me, I mean, I don't, I've felt really beautiful, incredible, connected experiences. Uh, but the peak of it comes when, you know, no pun intended, I come, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm I'm curious what, what that is like. What's going on? And if you know the way, <laughs> what is the way to, to have this? From what I understand, it seems like there's men that are having an orgasm. I thought of this when you're talking about women because of the amount of pleasure that they can receive. And then I started to meet some some dudes here and there, not like frequently, but men that are talking about having these full body orgasms. What is that all about without a <laughs> Um,
2: Yeah, so it's basically it is a very tantric practice because it is about the sublimation of their energy so when you ejaculate you're basically giving away life force energy because that sperm Mm -hmm. is supposed is created to create a new life Mm -hmm. and if that is not what's going to happen it just goes into waste Mm -hmm. so the idea is okay if I'm not consciously trying to procreate I am going to conserve this energy and use it for me, for my longevity, and um, also for my extended pleasure. Because when, especially when you orgasm and ejaculate as a man, afterwards, your body is like releasing hormones that is basically like, well done, good job, boy, you did it. Um, and then you get tired yeah. and you know, you can't yeah. <laughs> you, you can't you can continue to have sex. So basically what this is about is once you, you are conserving your own energy, your life force energy, basically what, what tantric tantrikas say is that um, every time you ejaculate, you lose some minutes to hours of your life. Um, so conserving that energy uh, for yourself and then through not ejaculating, you're actually Mm, tapping into the real sensitivity of your body and your lingam and you can sublimate that orgasmic energy that you create and bring it basically from the lower chakras to the higher chakras, so it moves to your whole body and you can just keep going so basically you can just you know you're riding the wave of course you're not like you know like high speed fucking for two or three hours, but you're riding the wave and you can you can just have sex, penetrative sex all night long and just keep going and just dive into this orgasmic energy over and over again. And you know, you can have breaks and I mean, you're human, you need to pee, you need sure. to drink something, but you just like that wave is really just continuing. And um, yeah, and that brings you also, when we talk about, you know, Kundalini energy, it brings you into this state of ecstasy. And, and basically that orgasmic energy is Kundalini energy. So it's actually also um, a po- an access point to to God in you. To yeah, to to feel God inside of you and that energy. Um, and I have never, you know, I have, you know, I have a manual. Where it's all written down how to learn this as a man but i've never taught this to anyone because i i don't have a penis i i don't (laughs) i have i have no physical experience of that so i don't feel it doesn't feel right to me like me teaching men (laughs) how to do this because i (laughs) i just you know theoretically i know but practically i don't um and that's actually the benefit of being a woman because I don't need to learn how to, you know, not ejaculate anymore. I just need, quote unquote, need to open my body to, re- to sur- into surrender and to receive uh, internal orgasms. So basically, mm-hmm. the the clit orgasm is an explosive orgasm, and it's it's not it's not you're not losing as much life force energy as you do as a man when you ejaculate but it's the same you know after the clit orgasm i'm like you know my energy goes on i'm like yeah okay i'm done i could go to sleep but if i have internal orgasm it goes up um, anyway like the energy is already like going up in that direction so it's implosive and i can just keep going so once i'm opened up i'm basically that multiple um I i can have multiple orgasms like over and over again and just keep going but this is also something women need to learn because most of us, you know, we're numb or we have pain points inside the vagina and we don't trust our partners. We cannot surrender. And then all of this is not working. So it's mm-hmm. also a process of, of
1: getting there. Yeah,
0: Babe, I'm taking notes. <laughs> uh, so uh, for the men, because it seems like the women, the women can come to you. You have, you got the ant. Yeah. Or at least you can point them in that direction. Mm-hmm. And since you're, I'm not going to ask you to share your manual, since you don't <laughs> have it in the in the chat, but I'm curious if there is um, n- men or practitioners that you would point men to to look into this stuff or <laughs> to get a, a manual, including me.
2: I actually i I get this question so often, and I yep. don't really. I mean, in Germany, I now know someone, but he's teaching in German. But in the English speaking world, I don't know anyone that I could really recommend um, doing this kind of work. Um, I can recommend you a book. Um, It's called The Multi-Orgasmic Man. It's by Mantak Chia. Um, So it's it's not the Indian tradition, it's the Tao, the Chinese Tantric tradition. He's also, he's still alive. He's like very, one of the last living, authentic Tantric teachers. So that's a good book for men to start with.
0: I'm going to put um, in the link. To it. What is it called? The Multi-Orgasmic, the
2: multi-orgasmic Man.
0: Yeah, got it.
2: Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't really know men who teach this to other men. It's, um, I think, you know, it's happening, but um,
1: I don't, yeah.
0: I will say I, this. Is, oh, God.
1: I also want to say, you know, I've never... I've never had a
2: partner that had fully um control over this. Also, uh-huh. so I've never met an actual man in the flesh that I was also engaging with sexually that was able of doing this.
1: So,
0: you hear that, gentlemen? <laughs> He's yet to meet you. <laughs> I hear you uh, and. This is a book that I started reading. I just pulled it up like a year or two ago, but for some reason it didn't it didn't quite resonate, so it's not really necessarily a recommendation. However, I have heard other men in Costa Rica speak highly of this fellow uh and I think he was here and and to be to be to be really honest, I didn't give this book enough of a chance to really see if it it uh if it would do the job right I, for whatever reason that point in my life it wasn't um Resonating, it's called "Conscious Cock: The Empowered Sexuality Manual for Men, Healthy Masculinity, Sex Education, and Communication Tools." And the author is Christopher Lovestone, Christopher with the K. All right, have you heard of this?
2: I heard about the book. Um, I have not read it. Um, I mean, I don't have a conscious cock, <laughs> but um, so I don't, I don't know anything about it. But I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, but I also don't know that guy. So
0: yeah right. Right. I don't even know if he has a conscious cock. I would assume he does since he's writing mm-hmm. a book about it. But...
1: Mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. he has hopefully he has one.
0: Yeah. and hopefully yeah.
2: someone is, you know, like benefiting from it
0: okay, that as well. <laughs> maybe multiple people. he's going to
2: maybe multiple people <laughs>
0: oh, wow. well, this is um I had a lot of fun talking to you today,
1: likewise. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I, everything that we or the what we mentioned, I'll, I'll link up for your retreat and your Instagram and anything else. Is there any, anything else that feels present that wants to be there in the moment?
2: No, I think that's it. Just dare to be alive fully. Um, that's just the message um, because it's worth it.
1: In my truth.
0: <laughs> I agree in my truth.
1: (laughs) Thank you
2: so much for having me, Christopher. This was such a blast. I I had so much pleasure. I was so much enjoying this conversation. So thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Full pleasure. Enjoy. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you.
3: Bye.